you know, I had some issues that like most people don't know about. Um, where in kind of the beginning, there was a stalking moment where I had a very oh, crazy, that. I had a really crazy time and someone who, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't say names, was trying to take me down and they were using my family as bait and they were it calling. Was terrifying. It was terrifying. I'll never forget that. It, it was one of the more terrifying things I've ever experienced. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In-House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to In-House with me, Ariel Charnas. For this week's episode, we're continuing on our theme of amazing women in my life, whether they be moms, entrepreneurs, or just flat-out amazing ladies. Today, I've invited not just a friend, but also my cousin, Candice Miller. She is the founder of motherhood and lifestyle blog, Mama and Tata, and co-founder of the women's wear label, Black Iris, based in New York City. Like me, Candace is no stranger to sharing her life with the world. She shares her experiences and adventures with her daughters and all of her great finds in each city they visit with her devoted audience on Instagram. She is the mom we all go to for great advice and recommendations. She's a native New Yorker, as is her husband, Brandon, and their two daughters. I'm very excited to introduce you to this antique shopping, paddle boarding, always on the go rock star mom. Please welcome my cousin, Candace Miller. Hi, Can. Hi, babe. I'm so happy to be on your podcast because it's my first ever. It's her first ever. She's a virgin. I'm a virgin podcaster, but if I'm going to start anywhere, I want to start with you. Let's start with our story because it definitely starts before Brandon. It does. Before Brandon and I got married. We've known each other. 15 years? I, I think maybe oh longer. God. I think maybe longer. That You've been in so my crazy. life and my family <laughs> for that long. So let me just explain a little bit. So the story that I feel like everyone has heard before as to why I started the blog, that boyfriend that broke up with me is also Candace. <laughs> is also Candace's cousin. <laughs> Who is that boyfriend was on my dad's side and Brandon Charnas is obviously on my mom's side. So Ariel's been with us for quite some time. For a long time. I've always been, I always gravitated towards Candace and Jenna. Well, we always loved you like a sister from the beginning. So I love you. So first of all, I've had, let me just start with this. I've had a few of my friends on the podcast, my sisters, my mom, mother-in-law. You're the first cousin that I've brought on. So let's talk a little bit about what it's like in this family. I mean, we're very, we're very close. We're very close. Very close family. To the point where we, we move around together. hundred <laughs> percent. When COVID happened, we moved together into the same building. Same we building. Were neighbors. <laughs> As neighbors, because, but honestly, family for both of us is top priority. It's always been number one. And that's part of our value system, both of us from the beginning. And I think that that's how we want to raise our kids. And we want us and our kids to be close together. Yep. And how better to do that than proximity and convenience, because we all know that we get so busy. So if we're actually physically close together, we get to see each other and the kids get to see each other and be together. And like all we want is to be with our family because that's our, our number one priority. And we're all I feel like we're very lucky because we're all in similar stages of life. And we're also like aside from family, I feel like we're all just like really good friends. Like we like to do things together outside of family activities. Obviously, we do all of like the family 
holidays and things like that together, but we hang out separately just as like friends. Yeah. And that's the best. I mean, what better than to love your family? I feel like that's pretty unusual and uncommon. It's a dream situation. Yeah. yeah. And we're really, really lucky. We happen to have an amazing family and we love each other so much. And yeah, like you're my best friend other than just being my cousin, which is really special. Like I would call you for basically anything in life and you'd be my emergency contact. Like, I mean, you know, like if I was going to pick up the phone and there was going to be an emergency, I'd be calling you right away. Thousand percent. I mean, also with the good stuff, obviously. Of course. Not just the emergency. (laughs) Not just the bad shit. The good stuff, too. You started your lifestyle blog, Mama and Tata, with Jenna, your sister Jenna. So tell us about it and how it came to be. Well, basically, I had um, left my job as a reading specialist uh, when I got pregnant with my first daughter. So I was a reading specialist. I love children, but I wanted to be able to spend time with my own. And I had read a bunch of books and most of them kind of led me to the belief that the first three years of parenthood is like the most important in terms of bonding. And I didn't want to miss out on any of that. And that was really, really important to me. So I stopped working for those first three years. And then after the three years, when my girls, my when Lily was three, I wanted to start working again. They were both in nursery school. I always was a worker. I always loved, you know, having a passion. And also, before she explains mom and Tata, every single person goes to her for recommendations of where to shop, where to get a facial, where to go on vacation, what restaurant like for she is like the top per like she knows everything and the best of everything. So all of her friends, all of her family, people that don't even know her will try to connect with her just to find out that information. That's part of why it started, because, yeah, you know, I felt this need to do something. And I was like, what could I do that's so organic to my life right now? That will also give me time to be a a great mom, but, you know, also like give me a little freedom with doing something that I'm passionate about. And because everyone was always coming to me with all their questions about motherhood, about fashion, about self-care, basically, I always was a researcher. I researched everything. I investigated everything, you know, to the point where I felt like I could actually give the best advice on the topic. So. I said to my sister, who was pregnant at the time and constantly asking me questions, as you know, she always does. <laughs> I was like, you know what? There's, there is, I was like, if you don't have the answer to these questions, there's a, a void in the right. market. You know, right. somebody needs to be there to be, you know, not the mommy poppins, which was this thing online, but like a real life person to talk to who has been around, who's lived in the city forever, and who knows everything. And so. I kind of just took on that role and super organically, it became very popular. I mean, you were my first interview because we started with video interviews um, and, you know, you were my first interview, which oh my God, I remember that, which launched me. Um, but and I was forever grateful. I and mean, we had so much fun doing it. Um, and you were actually pregnant at the time. I, no, I just you had, had just Ruby. given birth. You had you just, I just had Ruby because it like was such a special time, a special time. And and. And I really love that. And it meant a lot to me because it was my first, you know? So I don't know. I just, it became this thing where not only was I helping women by giving them great advice and and great recommendations, but in turn, I was also able to 
launch a lot of female founded businesses. So it turned into more of a motivational kind of helping female founders get on their feet, get them started, get them exposure, get them out there. And really like being empowering to other women to start these businesses and then, and hear their stories and watch them succeed. It was like an amazing thing. And in our circle, I feel like your stamp of approval means a lot. So like it really did help a lot of these like, you know, startup businesses that were trying to get their name out there. You would go test out the product or the service and then you would recommend it to us. Yeah. And it wasn't like I would never recommend anything I didn't firmly right. believe in. So it wasn't going to be something bad ever. It, you know, it didn't. It, I wasn't doing right. it to you make a, it. a ton of money. I was doing it truly to help. That's how it started. Um, right. But, you know, also it was amazing because what happened then was that I was able to read all of these amazing interviews and interview these amazing women and hear their stories and hear how they, you know, went from here to there. And it was so inspirational to me that it actually empowered me to take on that entrepreneurship and create Black Iris with my friend. I was just going to ask for you to tell us about Black Iris and how that happened. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like, you know what, if all these people, all these women that I'm speaking to on a regular basis are telling me these inspiring stories, I could do this. I was like, I've always wanted to be in fashion. It's something that came so naturally to me. And I got together with three of my closest friends who all were, had different backgrounds, but that were very helpful in fashion. And we got together, the four of us, we created Black Iris and, you know, we basically worked on it for six months and we were able to launch in 2019 and launch successfully and be profitable. And it was, it was an amazing experience. And it's been an amazing experience, you know, to work together with friends, to work with women that you respect and love and, and to create a product that you really believe in. And so like now I get to market my own product that I love. It's the best. Like I wear it all the time. Well, tell everyone what if they don't know, what is Black Iris? Oh, so <laughs> Black Iris is an elevated women's wear brand. We're basically direct to consumer right now. But starting spring, we're going to be uh, carried in sacks and we will be in Intermix and we will be in a bunch of boutiques around the country, which I'm really excited about. So um, we're growing and we've done a lot of collaborations now and we're looking into more collaborations um, as the year progresses. So, you know, we make Blazers and outerwear and knitwear and body button suits, downs, body suits. Downs. Those are my favorites. Yeah, like I mean, we do pants, we do dresses, we do skirts. I mean, we do it all, bralettes. Yep. But things, pieces that like you wear to over and over and over again, they never go out of style. You're not like, oh, I saw you in that last time. You don't really remember right. it, but it's right. like because it's a classic, it's a staple. Yeah, yeah, it's classic staples, and the quality is amazing. And we primarily make the majority of it in New York City because it's important to us to stay local um, as a small business um, and in the world we're living in today. And it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun and you learn a lot. I learn something every day. It's it's like, it's not just, you know, great because I love clothes and I love making clothes and selling clothes and, you know, being a part of that. But it's also like, it's just, I learn so much. And as an adult, you know, to always be learning is a really wonderful thing to always be learning something new. I've had a few other moms on the podcast sharing things that they struggle with most because 
I feel like we when we talk about these things, we lift the stigma that surrounds topics like postpartum depression, um, anxiety, miscarriage, and all weird things that happen to women after having babies. So what's something that you struggle with as a mom that you're comfortable sharing about or that you have had you've struggled with or struggle with now either way? Yeah, I mean, I haven't had babies in quite some time, but I did struggle a lot um, in the beginning with both of my, my kids. So, you know, it's, it's something I've talked about, but it's also something I've always promoted talking about because I felt that when I did start mama and Tata, there weren't enough people being honest about what happened or maybe not even being honest, but not, um, feeling comfortable enough to share in the space. So I, I feel that it is important. And I went through two pretty traumatic uh, experiences post-labor. So my first, I had a urethral prolapse, which was God awful. And I hope none of you ever have to experience that, but that's when your urethra actually comes out of your body and you can't, you know, function. You can't pee properly. I had to have a catheter. I had to have a major surgery. My baby was just born. I just became a new mom. All the hormones were in fluctuation. I mean, it was a really stressful Disaster. time. Yeah. yeah, it was a really stressful time. And thank God I had found, and by the way, it took three doctors to get me there. But thank God I found a wonderful doctor who actually was able to fix my urethra and I was able to function normally again, you know, after a few months of, of yeah. going through it. But yeah it took a long time. And like, that's the other thing is I had, um, health was one of the, the tabs in on the blog, because basically I would list doctors that were taught to be trusted because when you go out there, doctors also, they're humans, right? And you don't know like if who's the good, who's not good. And I've seen some really not good doctors who really made some very bad calls with me. And I, and it was a scary experience. And I wanted to share the people that I found that were amazing because I wanted people to, if anyone had that experience to have, have a good contact to call because it was really frightening. And so that was really traumatic. And then after my second baby, I had um, retained placenta, which was also really scary. So after pushing out, I did, yeah, yeah, they were both natural. So after pushing um, the second time with Lily, it was, they had a really hard, I think I took, I took progesterone because I had a hard time getting pregnant the second time. Um, and I needed to take hormones to be able to get pregnant. So I guess they thought that there, for some reason, the progesterone created this adhesive and my placenta would not come out. So after all the pain of pushing out a child and being in that pain. The worst part is when they push the placenta out too. It's horrible. And and they're now trying to rip out the placenta from my insides and it's coming out in pieces and they can't get it out. And it was absolutely horrifying and it was painful. And I, at a certain point I was like, can we just, can we just stop? Like, I can't (laughs) take this anymore. And she thought she got it all out. And unfortunately a few weeks later, I guess it was like five weeks later, I started bleeding on the floor. I was at Tracy Anderson, actually, because I had been cleared to go back. Work out. And it was one of my first times back. And I didn't even notice it. And someone tapped me on the back and they said, "Um, you're bleeding all over the floor. I didn't even realize it. 
And then I looked down and I was in a pile of blood and, oh my God. you know, they had to call the hospital and I had to have an emergency DNC to clear out the placenta. She told me it looked like a war zone in my womb. And that is so scary. In my uterus. But yeah, yeah, it was like a really terrifying thing. People, you know, that's, that's very dangerous. And, yeah. and it was scary. And then after that, I had scar tissue, which actually left me to this day in a place where I have to take prolonged birth control. Um, and I can't get a period because the scar tissue is right where the cervix and the uterus meet. So I was bleeding into my own body um, if I were to bleed and menstruate. So I had to actually go on the pill and never to go off it. the pill. Um, and and I can't to this day ever, like I can't not have a pill. So I have to get like three packs in advance and otherwise like you can't even have a chance yeah. no because okay. then i'd go the blood would go straight into my body and then it created all this inflammation that made me really sick and i was sick for a long time every time though it sounds like just as shocking and crazy as the first time you know yeah i mean it was it, it was really bad Horrible. that was a really bad dark time and i think the hormones also added to it but yeah i didn't know what was wrong with my body and like i felt almost like i had a urinary tract infection at all times but it wasn't that it was just that the all the inflammation in my body was causing this feeling and you still have aftermath from the scar tissue and everything that happened to this day like you to still this day, I still suffer have, with like, the things. same thing and i get bladder spasms and i have a lot of issues so like so awful that it never leaves but you when you talk but when you talk about it like is it comforting to know that other people have been like there are yeah. other people in the world that have been through these experiences so like you do like you, you encourage when you talk yeah. by talking about it you encourage other yeah. people to to speak about it and to open the percent. conversation which you is no you're not alone changes everything exactly so you're someone that shares um your life online with the public like i do so do you want to talk about that experience of being in the public eye what do you enjoy about it what do you wish was very different i mean i feel like you definitely have a lot to say about this yes i do i um i love the community that i built and i've really actually curated that to this point, because I'm not a public figure anymore, I've made myself private. And that's really because I want to protect my family and my children. I love, you know, really like being a part of a community that feels at ease to say what they feel and ask what they want. And but their intentions are good. Their intentions are good. They're good humans. And they're not looking to cancel me and they're not looking to, you know, take their anger out on you. Yeah. Like just people who genuinely love what I'm doing. They trust me and they, you know, they're comp they're, 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 they're like loving friends in a way, you know, I, I, we chat back and forth all the time on DM. Like there's never a DM that goes, you know, unresponded to. I always respond to everything. I think it's really important. If someone's taking the time to ask me a question, I'm certainly going to take the time to respond. And I, I have really created wonderful bonds with the people that follow me. There have been some cases that haven't been as amazing. You know, I had some issues that like most people don't know about, um, where, in kind of the beginning, there was a stalking moment where I had a very oh, crazy, that. 
I had a really crazy time and someone who, you know, and I won't say names, was trying to take me down and they were using my family as bait and they were it calling. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. I'll never forget that. It, it was one of the more terrifying things I've ever experienced. They were calling places that they knew I'd be at, pretending to be my children's school and saying it was an emergency. And it was just really horrific, like really the lowest of the low when you think about it, like what could hurt someone. Yeah. Um, and there have been many times where my heart stopped. There were times when like I couldn't go back to the gym because I was so traumatized by having to run up the stairs and get to the phone because I thought something horrible happened to someone in my family. Um, so that was like a really bad experience. And it almost took me to the point of saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. But then I just decided to just curate who I was going to expose my life to as opposed to let that person win. And right. And I did. And it's been great ever since. And, you know, if anyone ever says anything negative regarding my children or my family, then, you know, I block them because you're out of the circle. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, I want to be surrounded by good people. My entire site is about positivity and sharing and sharing things that are good. And I don't need the negativity in my life and I choose not to have it. So um, you know, I'll let anyone in so long as they're kind and, and yeah. have good intentions. You're the person that had me go private when everything was crazy on Instagram. And it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. The, and it was the best thing I ever did. I feel like you built such a special community. You spent so many years of your life building this incredible community. And then to let people who don't know you at all have or never follow followed me. you, never like, to take you down like with that and only because they're angry themselves. It's not even has, doesn't even have anything to do with you. So really like keep that community tight and safe because you built it and these people love you and trust you. And I think that, you know, like you owe it to them to keep them safe and to keep the community safe. You know what I mean? They're your fans and, and followers and, and friends. So like, I always get so I like, when I think about it, I hate that. Like, I pulled back so much to them because like it wasn't I was like reacting to the people that don't follow me. And that was like it, it was so shitty to do to the community that has always been there for me. And what? but it wasn't like, that you were doing it to them. You were really like you were getting really um, such negativity thrown at you that I think any yeah. human in that position would have to would have had to have done the same exact thing. Well, I would not be able to handle any of it without my family. So I love you. I love you too. I love you so much. Okay. So we're going to play. Let's fill in the blank. Are you ready? My alarm goes off at blank, but I really get up at blank. My alarm goes off at 7.15, but I really get up at (laughs) (laughs) 7.35. That's actually not bad. I thought you were going to say later than that because you do like to sleep late. Oh, well, I'm talking about weekdays. Weekdays. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I can't start my day until I've blank. I think we know the answer to that. So you've worked out, right? There could have been a lot of things there, but... oh. Um, Brandon would like to say before I kiss my husband, but yeah, oh, that's <laughs> yes. nice. That's a nice one. I mean, like for I would definitely say before you. Oh have yes, your I can't. Workout. I can't start my you day unless human. Tracy Anderson yeah. is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. The Instagram account I can't live without is 
This is a trick question at Ariel Turnus. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. But no, seriously, tell us like what you like what you love to check every single day when you look at Instagram. There's a really random one called at N Beauty that I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's French. I know which one you're talking about. It it's has so like the bad. most beautiful, beautiful. yeah, like uh, you Images. know, design and like landscape photos. And I just it always makes me feel positive. So I like to watch yeah. it. My go-to activity for my kids on a rainy day is uh we cook. Not me, them. I supervise. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we do and we make up dances because making up dance routines oh, yeah. is one TikTok. of our favorites. Yeah. The clothing item I'm most comfortable in is uh, my black iris bodysuit with a uh, Ralph Lauren navy blazer, gold buttons, and jeans. Love that. I lie to my kids about <laughs> what time it is at night because I want them to oh, go to bed earlier. Go to bed. That's a good one. Yeah, I do that too. That's a really good one. <laughs> Every night, I blank reality TV. Secretly love. I'm shocked, actually. I do. Not all. Some. Like what? Like, I actually really like The Real Housewives, oh. particularly of Beverly Hills. That's so shocking to me. I know. It's like a guilty pleasure. And I just really like them. My, go- my go-to workout when I don't have a lot of time is blank. Uh, paddle boarding. A quick paddle board always makes me feel good. And I like being outside. She also, like, offers paddle boarding rides and tours <laughs> if you want to sit on the I edge. I let people sit on my board. I'll paddle them anywhere. <laughs> very true pick people up from different little islands (laughs) i love it she really does that over the summer (laughs) so thank you for joining me and giving us a chance to talk about family wellness motherhood where can everyone follow you and keep up with what you're doing everyone could follow me at mama and tata what's the black iris is at this is black iris um, or www.shopblackiris.com. <laughs> and thank you to my audience for checking out this podcast. I love sharing this part of my life with you. You can reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on. DM us on Instagram at something Navy. See you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of in-house. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnis and at Something Navy. See you next week.